You're listening to The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, bringing class to trash since Everybody, welcome to the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, the Roast Beef Show. That's what we are, the culinary cinematic uh, critique. We, we don't actually review food here. If we did, it'd be like, everything tastes great. <laughs> At least that's what it'd be for me. Um, we are back, Sammy Will, talking about movies. We're going to do a fun one this week. We're going to do Jackie Chan's Crime Roast Story. Story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roast beef story. That's right. <laughs> yes, that'd be a good movie. Jackie Chan's roast beef story, or, or maybe, maybe that wouldn't be a good movie. Maybe Jackie wouldn't want us to see that movie. That's true. <laughs> yeah, maybe it'd be one of them movies. Anyway, uh, Will, how you doing? How you been? I'm doing well. A little under the weather. Oh yeah. Family is. It's uh, unfortunate. With <sighs> this time of year, is always roll the dice you could wake up it could be like 35 or 40 or you know like zero or five degrees celsius and the afternoon could be 18 or like 65 or so and then the next day it's negative again or like 30 or 35 so yeah one day you're in shorts the next you're in snowsuit um been a bit tough on us but i'm just moaning i have a ricola in mouth i hope it doesn't affect the audio quality too much doesn't sound like it Excellent, excellent. Yeah, and uh, hopefully we can just keep on keeping on. Yeah. What about you, man? What's going on with you? Uh, nothing much. Just had some uh, some pasta. Did you? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, just a little spaghetti. No, nothing fancy. Nothing fancy. Just a, no, no, no bolognese. No, 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 no. Nothing fancy. Just a little simple meal. Uh, long work day. Just wanted to get home. Do some spaghetti together real quick. Me and the kids and the wife and not much else. Not much else. Uh, not, not a whole lot going on, uh, you know. Just uh, working. That's that's what I do. A lot of, you know. And I don't think I don't know if anybody listens to us while they while they're at work. If you do, be careful. But, um, yeah, I I you know just it's not very exciting. We we <laughs> I go to work, I come home. I go to work, I come home, and then I just keep waiting for the weekend like Loverboy. 
right? Working well, for the weekend. <laughs> nice, nice pull for Canadian legends. There you go. <laughs> well, I forget they are Canadian, aren't they? Oh, you know they are. Nice, nice. Shit. I think they <laughs> perform at um, like fall fairs here. Nice. They'll milk. They're milking that scene hard. Yeah, they really are. Loving every minute of it. They're loving some every would, minute. Of it. <laughs> some would say. <laughs> You guys know Kim Mitchell? Was Kim Mitchell ever a thing in the States? Uh, a little bit, I think, right? Adi Lanterns or Go for a Soda. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, a little bit of crossover, a little bit. I remember the name. Max Webster as well. They were kind of a prog rocky kind of group. Anyway. Anyway. But yeah. Regional success story. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we all got them. Um, but yeah, Jackie Chan's Crime Story 1993, I believe it came out. That's right. Uh, directed by Kirk Wong and Jackie Chan. So that's what we'll be talking about. We got a little bit of feedback. We're going to play a little voicemail here from our good man, the Minuteman Walt. Uh, I'll make sure Will can hear it this time. Uh, last time we had a little snafu, but he eventually heard it. I'm going to make sure you can hear it this time. So let me get it going here. Here we go. Gentlemen, it's Walt. Enjoyed your review of Rancho Deluxe. Um, Speaking of Jeff Bridges of the period, one that I'm a fan of that uh, you guys didn't mention, there's certainly so many, is Stay Hungry. Um, a strange film. Uh, to me, something like Five Easy Pieces, like a man of means, a young man who is dissatisfied with, with uh, what he's been given, I suppose. Um, a clip I came across this week, uh, speaking of Joe Spinell, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this clip of Steven Spielberg uh, reacting to the uh, Oscar nominations for uh, for Jaws. Um, and Joe Spinell, for whatever reason, I have no idea why, is there with him. Who knew that uh, Joe Spinell was a Jaws cheerleader or a fanboy? What a strange clip. Thanks, guys. Look forward to this show. As always, what you do. Thanks. Um, you know, it's funny he mentions that. I have seen that clip. I don't know if it was in the uh, on the Jaws Blu-ray, maybe, or something. But I do remember seeing that clip, and I remember thinking at the time, well, this is kind of odd. You know, why, why is Joe Spinell and, and uh, Spielberg hanging out? But who knows, you know? I mean, maybe they were talking about working on a project together. Maybe they were friends. None Spinell of, was good buddies with, like, Stallone and... I think he he was. I really wish there was a documentary made about him because he was an interesting guy. He was friendly with a lot of uh, really powerful people, and he was he worked on the fringes a lot. But man, he was talented. Yeah, I know a lot of people liked him in Hollywood. I didn't hear a lot of. I mean, I, I've heard some stories about some of his uh, behaviors, but nothing bad, nothing too overly bad. Maybe just stuff you know that men sometimes go through. Um, but I've never really heard too many bad words about him no. or that he was difficult to work with or anything like that. I've never heard any of that. So I hear dogs barking in the background, which means I've probably got kids coming down to try to scare me to death because that's what they do. Uh, they love it. They love it because my back is facing the door in the podcast room here, guys, and uh, they live to uh, scare me to death. I'm easily I'm easily jumpy when somebody sneaks up behind me. Yeah, I'm very jumpy. Um, so yeah, thanks, Walt. We we appreciate the voicemail and yeah, stay hungry. Yeah, that uh, that's the one with uh, that's a Bob Raffleson. Is that is that Raffleson film? Is that? Uh, I don't know, and I love uh, Raffleson's work. I've never even heard of this film. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, 
Oh, I got to see. I'm going to look this one up right now. Yeah, I think I thought it was. Maybe my movie. I mean, my movie acumen is pretty bad, but I'm pretty sure Schwarzenegger was in it. Schwarzenegger. Yeah, he's in it. I think that was one of his early films. And Jam. Yeah. I got to seek this one out too. Sweet. And yeah, I think. Wow. Yeah. Early Schwarzenegger. uh, Early Bridges. And a good cast. Some Robert England in there and more Roger Mosley. Probably wearing a tank top, more than likely. R.G. Armstrong. Yeah. Ed Bagley Jr. Joe Spinell. Scatman Crothers. Ed Bagley. Yeah, you said him. Yeah. Joanna what? Cassidy even. So there we go. Franco Colombo. <laughs> Ed Corey. There's all kinds of beef in this film. Ken Walters in it. She. Oh, no. That, not him. Don't smell that finger. You know what Kenny. <laughs> yeah, you know what Kenny Boy's doing. He's opening that Paps Brown ribbon in the corner there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Bowling grip time. Yeah. <laughs> and how I have that's the thing. That's the great thing about film. I've never even heard of this. I love Rafelson. I love Bridges. I love Arnie. I don't love the bowling grip being applied. <laughs> yeah. I well, I mean, yeah, maybe you do. It just depends on who's doing it, right? That's right. Yeah. I don't want Ken Waller doing it. I really don't want any body binger body body binger. Body finger. <laughs> bodybuilder fingers. Body banging. <laughs> don't really want any of those uh, you know, sausages. Uh Calluses around the <laughs> the knuckles and stuff. Man. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm pretty open minded guy. I guess it depends. Anyway, let's let's move on here. Uh, what have you been watching Thank lately? You. Thanks, Walt. By the way, thanks, Thank you, Walt. <laughs> what have you been watching lately? Anything? <laughs> I watched a few things. Um, it was kind of a we're getting again a you and I talk behind the scenes busy season. So this month, I've only watched I think 17 films. Um, which most month I was getting in about 25 or so, but watch some good, good, good stuff. Uh, finally, finally got around to the card counter. Oh yeah. Yeah. I saw you watch this. So I loved it. I loved it. It's Schrader. And I maintain what I said when we watched, was it called a violent year? The film he did, uh, a violent year or most violent year, something to that effect. I feel like I'm anyway, that was where we really, Really got to see him stretch his legs. He was in Sucker Punch, and I said from that movie, I said, this guy's got something. He's really good. He's charismatic. In this, he's incredible. Yeah, I can't say that I picked it up from Sucker Punch, but I'm trying to think of the first film I saw Oscar Isaac. I guess the first thing that really turned my crank in that way was uh, in that Ken Waller way is uh, I guess it would have been uh, – Llewellyn Davis, I guess. I, I, is that is that the name of that film? Inside Llewellyn Davis, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that would have been it, I think. But it certainly wasn't Sucker Punch. You know my reaction to Sucker Punch. That's one of those Zack Snyder films I don't care for. Well, I, I don't really either, but it was much like Twilight that I had to watch. Mm-hmm. And, I yeah, I, I got to say, I, I was kind of a, a fan early on. And to bring it full circle to this... He's tremendous in it. I love Ty Sheridan. I think he's a great young actor. Um, but this is really the Oscar Isaac show. And it deals with a lot of stuff that Schrader's dealt with in the past. Um, you know, solitude, redemption, fate. Um, really good performance by by Isaac. I just I, Anyway, what I was going to say was I feel like he's this generation's Pacino. Like he's like, this, he's like the 70s Pacino where he's just, he can turn on this intensity. He can kind of. Yeah, he's he's tremendous. Yeah, he tremendous. can do it. He can do it all. He can do it all. 
I'd say like if I was going to count on one hand, the amount of actors I'll watch in anything, it, he's in that. He's on that one hand. Um, next up, I was reading an article about Irish kind of folky horror and might have even been on Letterboxd, to be honest with you. And it compelled me to seek out uh, a film called You Are Not My Mother. So, ah, uh, yes, I think uh, I want to say Randy. Have I seen this? This is uh, this is excellent, excellent film. I think the poster is a bit unfortunate. It almost feels like it was a V that had that poster with like the claw hand over the earth. Uh, I can't recall. I, I want to say yes, but I've made a fool of myself on this podcast quite a bit lately. And so you have, what's that say about me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm like, Oh, for three lately. I mean, I did get stay hungry. Right. So there's, there's that. And I can't even stay above the Mendoza line. So you're doing all right. <laughs> um, but it, I, I want to say the, the V poster had the hand anyway, who knows, but the poster kind of, I don't think the poster does a good job of selling this film. This is a really, really, really good film. I don't want to give away too much of it, but it's uh, kitchen sinky, uh, kitchen sinky kind of um, mental health horror in a way. Uh-huh. Speaks about a lot of things about generational trauma. Um, it very blue collar, like it's like a very kitchen sinky setting. I, I really liked it. And it's again, female director, Kate Dolan. She's definitely one to watch. Yeah. And it has a really nice nod to an eighties horror film. The finale is, is a nice nod to that. So yeah, very, very good. Uh, next up, I wanted to stay in the horror realm and I decided to check out a Macedonian witchy Malikian film. Uh, that's getting a lot of buzz out of Sundance. You won't be alone. So, uh, so maybe this is the one Randy watched. Uh, Randy's pushing one on some of us, and uh, this might be this might be. Is this the one with? Has this got Numi repacing it? Numi uh, She she produced it. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, she might have a small role. You know what? She digs the she digs in the folk horror pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I was kind of in a folky horror-y kind of mood. Sounds but, like it. Sounds like it. But this, again, another one, Macedonian film, was getting some buzz. And uh, it, you know, you have me when you say Malikian. So I was saying to someone, I don't know who it was now, but I was just, you know, just to chatting and, um, oh, yeah, Rapunzel is in it. I can't I didn't really recognize it at the time. Um, wow, do I feel stupid. Uh, it, it takes, I, I love a lot of these filmmakers that have been inspired by, one of the golden age 70s American filmmakers or European filmmakers for that matter. And I don't want to say the appropriate, they, their, their influence of these filmmakers is then woven into other material, right? Like you get like Eggers, you know, some of the work he does or not, he's not Malikian. That's not where I'm going with that. But, and I'm stumbling through this, but it's like a Malikian influence on something a lot, in some ways a lot darker and more sinister, but still very reverent for nature uh, in the way it's shot and some of the themes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's, I, I just, I like seeing that, right? I like seeing these sometimes unintentional uh, cinematic mixtapes, right? That, that have influences that don't seem, it's almost sort of like a, a master chef, right? Right. You get it and you're like, pistachios with my chicken. That sounds crazy. <laughs> And it pops, it works, right? So <laughs> yes, yes. 
Sounds pretty good, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it might just might be, man. It just might be. I, I think I'd go for that, too. Um, lastly, it was William's pick. And, you know, he's a big sports guy. He wanted to watch Semi-Pro. Oh, the... Uh, yeah, the basketball film, right? Basketball comedy with Andre Benjamin and I've never, else. I've never seen this. Well, I don't say there's much of a need for that. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> I saw it when it came out, which was 2008. Uh-huh. Right, and, right around the time we started, right? Or, uh, roughly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I remember being moderately charming, but at this point, uh, Farrell's shtick had worn very thin, even for me, uh-huh. Uh-huh. advocate Franker man, but. Um, it's funny to look back, and I've mentioned this now because every now and then we, we watch these sort of mid two thousands comedies. Just how crass and vulgar, and I'm, I sound like I'm, I'm some pearl clutching woman. <laughs> I don't know. It just yeah, 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 yeah. Aged very well, and I don't know. There's some kind of stuff in this that isn't as aged very well, but some of it does. Andre Benjamin's pretty charismatic. Woody Harrelson's fun. Um, Will Ferrell's Will Ferrell. You know, there's a few laughs to be had, but yeah, sure. Um, I mean, if I was going to rank this on our scale, I'd probably give it about a five and a half or something. You know, it's I've seen worse, but I've certainly seen better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't think I'll be checking that out anytime soon. No, and if you decide to, don't watch it with the kids. Yeah, uh, because there's a few. Few scenes that I didn't have the remote in hand to fast forward through quick enough. Involving, <laughs> yeah. Well, that does happen. Things that, that can happen. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I can't remember the last Will Ferrell film I've actually seen. That's a. That's a, that's actually a bit of a trivia question for me. I can't remember the last thing I've actually seen. I mean, I've probably seen some TV shows, but I haven't seen. I can think of one, maybe. No, nah, I'm probably going back too far, and I still mean I'm meaning to see this one because I remember you liked it. And it caught my attention. Land of the Lost. Oh uh, yeah, that might have been that might have been it. That might have been it because that that one I had no anticipation of liking and ended up liking it. Yeah, so which that was I, a pleasant surprise. Yeah, yeah, which happens sometimes. I remember liking that one, and it seems like I mean maybe I like Step Brothers, but I remember it definitely was crass as well. But I don't remember much else past that. I'd have to look, but I don't think I really want to. It's not really somebody I'm interested in visiting right now, so. Maybe one day I'll sit down and watch some of his films. I don't know. You know, he had a moment. I don't know. It just. Uh, comedy. Comedy's, comedy's tough, tough, right? Comedy's tough, man. Comedy. I, I just find that I remember even watching stuff with my parents that they watched growing up that they thought was just incredible that I watched it and they're just howling. And I'm like, oh, this isn't that funny, but yeah, okay. Comedy stuff. I mean, it, it's probably the toughest one. and It's generational. It's communal. It's short lived usually. Um, yeah, because sensibilities change and yeah, it's, and it's, it's, it's one of those things that kind of fluctuates it. I mean, I'm sure we'll look back at some point and think, wow, you know, Will Ferrell had a few great moments and this was a genius thing he did, but right now he's on the other side of the coin for a while and not in a bad way, but I just don't think anybody's really interested in him right now, which is well, again, something comedians go through. You know what he's going to do? He's going to do the Eddie Murphy thing. Yeah, and, potentially. Uh, yeah. It's weird, you know, you look at, not to turn this into this, the Sandler or the Feral cast. Sandler somehow has become sort of a Burt Reynolds-y, uh, critic-proof, sort of untouchable mm. 
charmer. Like I, I love him, and I always watch his films. I love Hubie Halloween, um, unashamedly. But it's weird that he can keep doing what he does, and people aren't burned out by it. Whereas, like your Farrells or your Eddie Murphys, or you know, to a much lesser degree, your Kevin James or whomever, they just—I mean—people just tune out. They want no part of it. Mm. Wonder why that is with Sandler. I don't know. I don't know. Of course, it's not like whatever. I mean, Sandler seems to have a. He seems to. He, I agree with you on the Burt Reynolds thing because he has a troop. He has a group of yeah. folks. But of course, I've been. I've, I've been away from him since. I guess what Happy Gilmore or something like that. I mean, I. I don't think he's funny at all. But again, some people do, and I get it. I don't like funny voices. I don't. I mean, if you do a funny voice, you won't make me laugh. Little Nicky next week on the Gentleman's Guide. To yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be down to talk about it. I have seen Little Nicky. And I remember enjoying some of it. Harvey uh, Keitel, man. Yeah, yeah. I remember enjoying some of it. But I can't tell you the last Adam Sandler movie I've seen either. Couldn't tell you that either. Which comedians do you really like? Is there any comedians that do film that you uh, enjoy? Or is it? Because I hate Kevin uh, Kevin Hart. I, I might yeah, no, I don't, really, uh, I don't really watch Kevin Hart films either. Um, I've seen some Tiffany Haddish. Well, Kevin Hart was in a one with Tiffany Haddish that I kind of liked. That night school film. It, was, it wasn't great, but it was okay. Yeah, yeah. But it was more her that I was watching it for. And I, me and Todd just talked about this. I seem to have a thing for Tiffany Haddish. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Comedian-wise, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if any of them really kind of jump out for me. Well, you and I are cut from the same cloth because I really, yeah, I'm not. I mean, most of them would have been back when I was uh, younger, probably, and mm-hmm. those kind of comedic performances. But again, the comedy would have been there when I was young, right? I mean, it would have been... Stuff that I probably shouldn't have watched, or something like that, like Richard Pryor films, or Eddie Murphy films, or um, uh, I mean, I, I, other than that, I can't. I mean, I'm sure there's some, right? I mean, we're going to talk about a comedic actor a little bit today, so I'm sure there's some that I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but I can't think of what they are right now. Fair, but I'm rambling. What have you watched? Um, I watched a few things. I watched the. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this last week. Uh, uh, the Infinite Race. Did I talk about that? I don't think so. So this is a uh, a thirty for thirty deal. Um, there's a few of them I haven't seen. Some of the newer ones. They don't make as many of these as they used to. Mm. So this one is about uh, the ultra marathon uh, Caballo Blanco. It's one of these. Oh, it did because didn't we talk about? Let me say Cabo Blanco. Uh, yeah, that's right. Maybe I did. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was starting to sound vaguely familiar. Okay, okay. So I did watch that. So see, we're so we're so lost. What about Don Lee's champion? I don't think I talked about that. He, oh, Korean man. Korean Maybe arm wrestling film. <laughs> I think because I saw it on your letterbox, I'm getting confused. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't think we talked about it though. All right. Well, I did watch Don Lee in Korean uh, arm wrestling film Champion, which is a family friendly film. Uh, for those Don Lee sometimes makes gangster movies and action movies. So if you want to watch a very lighthearted, kind of fun, uh, kind of semi-over-the-top Korean, uh, not over-the-top in the way, kind of harping on over-the-top a little bit. He's not a truck driver. But um, I wish he was. That would have been amazing. But um, he's a – he's a this this is a film that's totally centered around the charisma of Don Lee. And if you're into that thing, then I think you'll like it. It's a pretty good, uh, it's a sports movie. Nothing unique here. Nothing's going to blow your mind. But it's also a sweet little family movie that I found pretty pretty emotional at times. 
and was pretty surprised by the emotional kind of gravitas. It does have some pretty broad Korean humor at times that uh, is awkward. <laughs> A lot of poop jokes and uh, some stuff like that. But uh, it, it was it was pretty deep. I, I liked it quite a bit. I really did. It made me it made me feel good. You know, it's one of those kind of movies. Maybe it warmed the heart a little bit. Was so. it uh, was it streaming or? Yeah, well, I, I, iTunes had it on sale for five bucks. Oh wow! So I was like, you know what? I like Don Lee. I like arm wrestling. I mean, how how bad can this be, right? That's right. So uh, I threw down the five bones, watched some Don Lee, and uh, I'm glad I did. I, lo- I I really did like the film a lot. I don't think I've seen a Don Lee film I haven't liked yet. I haven't seen that many, but. He's very charismatic. Oh man, he is. He really, he really owns the screen, and uh, he's got a great face. He does comedy and action and menace. He can, he can do it all. He, he can. He probably can sing. We just don't know yet. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yes. I heartily recommend Champion, though. Very good. So definitely check it out when you get a chance. Uh, only other thing I watched because the other thing I watched is for the show next week, which we'll talk about at the end. But uh, I watched the Velvet Underground, which is a documentary. It's on iTunes or Apple TV Plus, I guess if you got it. I had started this a while back and never finished it and realized that. Ain't that sad? I, I mean, that's just that's that's being an old man and having a busy life and everything else. But I was like, man, I need to finish that. So I finished it off. It's pretty good. I, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of the Velvet Underground. Uh, it's one of those appreciation things more than a, uh, you know, a, a loving them or loving their music. But um, I do, I do appreciate what they did and and where they came from and stuff and uh, and what they managed to pull off and how they were kind of esoteric and unique. And uh, certainly, I could never get into Lou Reed for whatever reason. His voice was always kind of deadpan to me and everything i did like his songwriting but i just never could i never took care for his singing so you know it's just one of those things you you, you can't explain it right no no i get you man but i would agree i think lee reed is a good songwriter but yeah no i hear you yeah i mean i, I don't get me wrong there's some songs i like i just uh you know but the velvet underground was some i mean there's some good stuff in there but it's just not a band that you know i put on the background and and jam to but it's a good documentary it's directed by todd haynes so a uh, famous filmmaker there, famous independent filmmaker, Todd Haynes. And um, it, it is it is really solid. Um, so I got a couple, couple solid ones in. I didn't watch much else. That was it. I mean, I did watch one other thing, but like I said, we'll talk about it at the end of the show. We won't talk about the film because we'll talk about it the week after. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's how it goes, baby. All right. We're going to take a short break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about Jackie Chan's crime story. We'll be back right after this. <laughs>
are back here. <laughs> I know where that song has been listened to recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where he, he kind of picked up on it, and uh, he's been jamming it ever since. Another example of the Isaac doing no wrong. A very subtly nuanced performance as two different characters. Yeah. He uh, he heard that song in there, and he's been jamming it lately. So that goes out to my son there. So if he ever listens to the show, he'll know around the time frame that this happened. <laughs> Impeccable taste, like his old man. Yeah, yeah. Don't a little because he kept saying he's like, Dad, what, what's how you say that guy's name? <laughs> like it's a ridiculous name, but uh, it's a song you'll never get out of your head. You don't. Th- it's one of those songs that uh, you think you're not gonna love, and then you will catch yourself whistling it out of nowhere. So I'm sure I'm giving people that gift today <laughs> whenever you're listening to this. But yeah, yeah, that's where it came from. It came from uh, Moon Knight. We had watched the first episode of Moon Knight and that had popped up on there. So there we go. A little behind the scenes action going on. Yeah. All right. Jackie Chan's crime story. 1993. This one goes out to Troy. He's always telling me we don't cover enough Jackie Chan on the show. And I can't argue with him. We don't. But... It's because he's a Titan. And Titan films, for me, Titan stars, Titan films, they're tough. They're tough. They really are. Because it's hard to be critical of them. For me, I don't know about you, but for me, it's kind of hard. I think that's a fair statement, right? Because, you know, I mean, I I speak for you. I speak for a lot of our friends. Jackie, everybody loves Jackie. Um, I've, I've met very few people. Who at least I, mean, I I just don't know anybody who doesn't like him. I don't I know. Can hate Jackie Chan. <laughs> yeah, some there might be some out there. I'm sure there are. Uh, I can understand if you don't like some of his output, some of his American stuff. I I don't care for it, but he's always he he is maybe the definition of cinematic charisma in a way. There's something about him that just works all the time. Always, yep. All right, so this one uh, give a plot synopsis here: A special agent is assigned to protect a wealthy business magnate. Can I say that right? However, when the businessman is kidnapped in a daring ambush, he teams up with a seasoned detective to crack the case. But soon he discovers the case isn't that simple. How's that? That's good. That is good. Um, We watched this on Tubi, Will and I. They had a nice uh, little 720 print on there. Unfortunately, it's uh, dubbed, which is a little uh bothersome maybe if you're used yep. to watching uh hong kong cinema but i mean Tubi's free so <laughs> i'm not going to complain you know <laughs> won't bite the hand that feeds us but no the the, the transfer looks great yeah yeah it did it really looks great and it's nice to see see look like that versus some kind of uh shitty vcd yeah or some VHS dupe, right? But yeah, a long yeah. time ago, Todd and I watched uh, while you were out. Todd and I watched the Clones of Bruce Lee, and that was basically a VHS rip on Amazon Prime. And yeah. you're not going to find that in a very good format anyway, because it's pretty beat up film. I don't know if anybody's going to ever remaster it or anything, because it's a bit of a curiosity. But uh, it was pretty. And y- if you go on some of those services, that's what you get. And Tubi used to be like that, but it seems like Tubi has uh, really kind of upped their game. Um, so. There you go. You hear us talk about it quite a bit. A lot of people talk about Tubi nowadays. So, I, And I'm newer on the Tubi train. I remember I was like, I didn't want – because when I first got a smart TV, there was a lot of these mm. these free channels that had a lot of um, public domain stuff that would just beat to shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was pretty rough. got smart and started monetizing it and throwing ads in. And 
and over time they could acquire better content and more eyes and more ad revenue and run and run it goes. And yeah, Tubi does a good job. They have some pretty good. In fact, my wife and I are watching Roadhouse on that right now and it looks great. Nice. Nice. Um, I just want to go over the cast a little bit here. We got Jackie Chan. We got, uh, of course, we have Inspector Eddie Chan. We got Kent Ching, who I feel like I've seen in something else. I know I have. The It Man movies, probably. I mean, he's done a ton of stuff. Yeah, so that, that's the way some of these films are. Uh, Kar Ying Law as uh, Wong Yat Fei. Christine Ng, I guess. I think it's fun. We should, Ken Lowe's in here. We should mention this dumb movie not only has Fat Chung, but also Fat Wan. So... That's right. You, you get a fat chung and a fat one, and yeah. uh, there's your weekend. How's that? <laughs> Just got to make sure you don't put your fat one in the fat chung. No. Uh, be careful. Uh, fat chung has an amazing IMDb pick, by the way. So, um, Blackie Shaolong Ko, uh, Ling Ling Pan. I mean, the names go on and on. Of course, I'm sounding like I know all these actors and everything they've ever done. Well, like most Asian actors, they have done a ton of things. So um, it would be silly to sit here and go over these things. But most of these folks are still working or still doing things or you've seen them in something. Um, I picked this one, so I'm going to let you. And, and and for the record, folks should know that I think we said this at the end of the last episode. But Will and I, this is actually a Jackie Chan film we have never seen. Neither one of us, which is pretty rare. I do quite love Jackie. I've seen... I wouldn't say I've seen Troy levels of output, but I, I've I've seen my share of Jackie Jams, and uh, yeah. yeah, this one I've never seen it. It eluded me. Yeah, I mean, once you start getting into the tuxedo and things like that, I, I, you know, I, I, yeah, a lot of his American stuff I, I avoided. Yeah, uh, intentionally, but so what'd you think? Uh, I thought it was good. I thought it was interesting. A uh, bit of a departure. Kirk Wong. We should say, fun piece of trivia: this isn't our first Kirk Wong directed film on the show. Yeah. How about that? Which, is, which for some reason, I, I hadn't really remembered connecting the dots. Um, at least I don't, I feel like I didn't at the time when we reviewed the big hit, the American film. Yeah. I mean, of course, I'd have to go back and listen. Um, but, you know, that's been, that's been a minute. So it's quite possible that we did not ever mention Crime Story uh, when we talked about the big hit. I mean, it's, it's highly likely. I find that, it would probably not be the case because I know us, but I mean, we've done some strange stuff before. So. It's it's just strange to me because it's such an obvious thing because even at the time, um, it, it feels like that film feels so influenced by Hong Kong film, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, definitely. Definitely. It's shot. Like it just really feels like it's so, this is a Kirk Wong film. Um, now, in saying that, there's obviously the argument to be made. How much of it is a Kirk Wong film versus a Jackie Chan film? Was it a sort of Spielberg, Toby Hooper situation? Who knows, right? I mean, I'm sure. Well, I know Jackie had final say on a lot of things because there was a couple of things Kirk wanted that Jackie didn't. So Jackie sure. won out. Sure. Um, the biggest thing that stands out to me with this one is how much... I, I got to say this, okay? I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I know, but this is kind of what we're known for. So side roads, mm -hmm. you know, side, just talking about stuff off the side. I'm looking through Kirk Wong's filmography. I see a film called Rock and Roll Cop. I'm wondering why we haven't watched it. I look at the writers for the film. Bing oh, man. Listen, Rick, <laughs> I know where you're going with this. And I got to tell you, 
If I never thought you were my brother, <laughs> the fact that I read that and, and was like, no, I, I can't get into this on the air because now I'm going to go down the, the, the Winky Wong rabbit hole. Yes, definitely definitely the Winky Wong. <laughs> the fact that you picked up the baton across international lines and carried the Winky Wong baton it, it just is all the proof I need that. I think I, that is my favorite uh, Chinese name of all time. Winky Wong is pretty darn good. I don't know if I can. We can ever get better than Winky Wong. Hard pressed. Hard pressed, to say the least. That's amazing. Uh, That's amazing that we both had the same thought. But yo, kudos to you, man. I knew you as soon as you paused. I'm like, I know where he's going with this. Guy. He's going where I was about to go yeah. before I pivoted. Unfortunately, there's not enough Winky Wong credits. He's only did this in organized crime and triad bureau. So that's the only two he ever did. So Winky wasn't as prolific as one would hope. No, uh, he was gone in a blink, old Wink. I don't know, Wink, old Wink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh, man. But sorry. Apologies no. to all listeners. <laughs> no, uh, this is the way we do it. Um, the thing that that strikes me with this is how much more of a serious effort this feels like. Oh yeah, than a lot of Jackie's other work. Yeah, uh, this uh, I knew that going in was still not quite ready for what transpired. It's pretty intense, and it's funny. And I don't know if I'd read this or I just thought it. But this really feels like it was made with Chinese money and not Hong Kong money, right? Like this has, to me, feels very much like a nationalistic um, kind of thing, right? Like it it has that sort of sentiment and it's very, I don't know, it, it feels different than a lot of his Hong Kong films. And Kirk Wong is, you know, born in Hong Kong. So, I mean, I don't know how much that's just a feeling on my part or not, but... Mm. Yeah, I don't know enough to know, um, but obviously Jackie's very much, uh, you know, to keep working and stuff from what I understand. You know, he's very, I'm sure he might feel patriotic and he's everything else, but he is very nationalistic now. Uh, China's a very complicated beast right now. We won't get into too much detail, so. Yeah, that's, I think, yeah, that's something that's best left. Yeah, it's very complicated. It's Yeah, uh, I can <laughs> say this, I... I don't even want to go there. I, 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 I don't sh- – man, I'm not even going to get into this. <laughs> Jackie – I liked when Jackie worked in Hong Kong. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. That's all yeah, I'm going to yeah. say. I like Jackie Chan – Hong Kong Jackie. So um, – but yeah, I mean this film uh, opens and it's, it's – you know, as much as it's a more serious-minded effort and there's not a lot of set piecey things – you are still given a lot of procedural stuff and there are still some good set pieces. Like the opening is pretty crazy. There's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, these wet roads and dudes busting through windows. And it just, uh, it's funny, the opening, there's a lot of heavy gunplay and stuff. And it almost feels like, in fact, I had to check the years. It almost feels like the beginning of Johnny Toe's single take. There's this awesome scene, the opening for breaking news, yeah. heavy gunplay back and forth. Um, Really crazy stunts. I mean, you know, that's that's Jackie's hallmark, right? You're, you're going to get that regardless. Um, yeah, but there's something about this one that is a bit more gritty. Um, definitely. Definitely it's not as... Playful. Like, he doesn't have the... Yeah, it's not as playful. That's, that's a great way to put it. But he's also not... He doesn't have... You don't have that kind of Peking opera kind of timing stuff. That slight no. kind of Shaw Brothers 
timing stuff as well. And you know what I'm talking about. The, the, acrobatic. Or, yeah. The scenes not, where it's almost like a dance. It's a fight scene, but it's like a dance. Everybody's doing something to a beat, and you can totally tell. It's not as – it doesn't feel as choreographed uh, mm. or operatic there's, or whatever. There's definitely still some pretty crazy stuff in here. Um, but, I mean, there's a lot of things about this film that just kind of threw me off not watching – not seeing – some and I'll be the first one to tell you I've not seen a lot of Jackie Chan's more serious material. Um, I tend to stay with the greatest hits. Uh, shame on me, maybe, but uh, that's just where I tend to stay because the hits are so great. And yeah. and here he doesn't even do the uh, the blooper reel at the end of the film. So, no. No, uh, in fact, it's a very somber. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a crawl. Mm-hmm. over the, the end of the the film that talks about this being based on a true story. Right. Right, it's very somber uh to the point where it almost takes you out of the film in a way and it's the end of the film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no it definitely does. Um I got to shout out Ken Cheng in this because if you ever wondered what the Chinese Otho looked like? <laughs> yeah. It's Cheng. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is so Otho. Like, if they were going to, I wish they had done a Chinese Beetlejuice or like a Hong Kong Beetlejuice because he would have been Otho. He's really good in this. Uh, I got to say, uh, he's still working, like we said, uh, in his 70s now or close to it. Yeah, he's still working, yeah, right? Yeah, it looks like he is 70, 71 this year. Works with Andy Lau a lot. I know, obviously, the It Man films. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he's he's well loved, right? He's a well loved uh, character actor, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he's uh, He's been around, geez. I mean, I know yeah. that. See how far back. And the uh, last thing I saw him in was a Flashpoint, Donnie Yen's Flashpoint. Yeah, which he was in. So, yeah, he works with Yan a lot. And Wilson Lapp Yip and, and all those guys. Who, yeah, the Wilson Yip films. Um, I think he was in um, the Yoon Biao film. What is if, it, Ron? Yeah, if you guys don't know who we're talking about, he's one of those guys that when you see him, yeah, he, he's he's one of those Chinese character actors that you see and you're like, oh, it's that guy. He, he's heavy set. He tends to keep characters in in subtle fashion that are named fatso or fatty yeah 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 which (laughs) which is is it's a it's an asian thing that uh you know it is what it is but uh yeah i mean even here he's kind of played he's not played super gross but he's played gross enough right yeah he is gross you know he is gross enough because he's a villain and he's dirty cop dirty cop dirty cop man dirty cop Right, which is kind of the the, the play back and forth in this wow. is how his, his first film was Heroes Two. I did not know that. Yeah, he's been going for a while, man. That's Fifty Ch- years. That's, Shit, that's Chang Che, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He, he goes back, man, and then he worked with some some major talent in the eighties. Um, I did not know that. that. I'm just finding this out just now. So there you go. Yeah, well, he's he's got a heavy uh, filmography. Uh, I think 167 credits or something. So yeah, yeah. Uh, the film opens up, and one thing I do like is. And again, this may be where it felt like more it felt more Chinese than Hong Kong because Hong Kong always feels very cramped, and you get like you know some tall buildings and stuff, but it all feels very cramped unless you're kind of outside in the the bay. I think it's Kowloon Bay, or maybe I'm not, maybe it's not, but the bay there that they always show. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see these skyscrapers and stuff, and uh, just this, the whole strike scene is why it kind of the, the labor strike kind of reminded me more of a kind of a nationalistic thing, but. Um, with Jackie kind of saying, Hey, you know, we all got to work together. Rah, rah, rah. So it looks good. looks great. Um, he, they kind of harken back to police story with this down the hill stuff that is reminiscent of the shanty town and police story. Yeah. Yeah. And 
it's funny because Kent Cheng, who I just I keep want to call it Otho, he puts booster cables on a woman's uh, on a woman. Yeah. Right. In like an interrogation <laughs> sequence. And, you know, if this wasn't a Jackie film, this would have been just some sleazy category three cop film. Mm-hmm. It would have been they would have been under nipples. <laughs> yes, they would have. They it would have been Jackie. That would have been. Wow, I'm lo- I'm looking through Ken Chang's filmography, and it's amazing how many times he's named something inappropriate to the tune of fat. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and once oh, upon yeah. a time in China, of course, he played, uh, and I remember this now. He played the greatly named Porky Wing. Porky Wing, that's right. Which is, you know, <laughs> yeah. I think he was in a few of the Once Upon a Time in China films, if memory serves. Like, uh, yeah, at least in part one, and uh, maybe it looks like part five, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then the TV series. I guess there was a TV series as well. So they got to chase that uh, that money, man. <laughs> we need to cover. Let's go slam dunk. I saw there's a, yeah there's a few few titles in that. <laughs> Running Kill is the one that's really good that he's in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, really nasty, really nasty category three. Simon Yam. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, he's he's just one of those actors that I I, I bet you could throw a dart at his filmography and almost everything would be moderate to great in some yeah. way. Yeah, lots of good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Lots of good stuff. I'm sorry, Sections. just staying on. The, yeah, I'm just staying on the Kent Cheng uh, train sure. here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, what else? We get some hot licks, which we don't always get in a Jackie film. Some real hot licks with the yeah. bombs up and and the bass. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> that is pretty good, man. I got to say, Jackie doesn't usually doesn't usually allow the the hot licks, but they're they're coming hot and fast in this. And uh, it's um, it's apropos because we get some heavy, heavy like fire, like a firefight. Dudes pulling down walls, like it's a really, again, really kind of macho, almost like Michael Manny kind of cops swinging their dicks stuff. It's really heavy, heavy, right? Like, and I, I you know, I, I miss Hong Kong film with the gunplay and the style, and just just this whole rooftop sequence we get in the, this kind of shanty town shootout. There's so much production value in in shooting in Hong Kong and surrounding area like this. You get the neon just kind of bathing everything, these saturated pinks. And the city is has so much character. It's almost a character in and of itself. Mm-hmm. I love seeing Hong Kong in film, especially this era, like early 80s to early 90s. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's incredible. And we see Jackie with a gun, which is a very rare thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was. I don't know, kind of dumbfounded by the whole thing. Yeah, I know, I, I know, I sound like some kind of novice film fan, but I mean, again, I'm just so used to Jackie using a broomstick or using something else. Anything. Not using this, yeah. Anything, right? So it's uh, it's pretty, yeah. It was pretty, pretty interesting to see, and it goes to show that like, he's committed to kind of playing this character versus um, versus doing sort of the usual Jackie. Sorry, the usual Jackie fare, right? Uh, um. What was I going to say? Oh, you know what else I, I really I got to give kudos to in this film is unlike a lot. See, a lot of the a lot of the um, the Hong Kong films, there isn't a lot of emphasis on the cinematography. But I feel like with this one, the cinematography is pretty great, man. Yeah, like, I think it's good. Yeah. I mean, I think the film is very well made. I mean, it looks better than even some of Jackie's great films. Because uh, some of his yeah. great films, as great as they are, they they look a little cheap sometimes. They uh, absolutely do. But I think this one, this one's really, it's got some really nice moody lighting, especially when they get to the ship. 
And oh, they, yeah. that whole sequence on the ship, which is pretty great. And uh, like you said, the rooftop stuff and even the stuff at the beginning. And I mean, all that stuff is very well shot. It, it, it feels like, I don't know if Jackie, I, I don't know if this was his goal when he made this film was to kind of cross over into more serious fare. I don't know if he was planning on doing that or not. I do know from the trivia I see on IMDb, it says that he, that that uh, the Weinsteins or whatever, they wanted to release this after Rumble in the Bronx. Really? But he didn't want them to. He wanted them to release Supercop. He wanted them to, he was finally getting a foothold, he felt like, in America. And, you know, he had tried to do that for a long time. So I think he wanted, didn't want this one to get released because, I think he wanted people to still see, you know, that comedic kind of charismatic Jackie Chan. Yeah, because otherwise, you know, you get one shot. I'm sure he felt like he didn't want people to tune out and think he was just this was another kind of straightforward actioner, which in a lot of ways it is compared to his other work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I it mean, was going to sell. It wasn't going to promote the Jackie brand proper. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of the, the cinematographers, Kwong Hung, uh, or Joe Chan, he goes, wait, maybe Joe Chan or Joe Kwong, uh, he worked on Fallen Angels, the Wong Kar Wai film. So there's definitely some some artistry there. Um, what else do we got? Um, as always, stunt team puts in sublime effort, you know, guys are getting taking some bumps, some hard bumps going down those concrete stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, really, really good stuff. Uh, we get to the finale. I don't want to talk too much about the twist and turn. You know, this, there's some set PC stuff in here and a few twists. You said, you know, about the kidnapping and whatnot. Um, we get to the finale, and it's just amazing. Uh, visually, in terms of the grit, in terms of the urgency, this is Jackie really desperate, right? Like, he's really desperate. Right. Um, there's a shootout. There's fire there's an evacuation there's a brawl there's a kid stuck i have to say so my note was this is one of the biggest explosions i've ever seen on film and then my very next note was scratch that this is the biggest explosion i've ever seen in a film it is up there with one of the biggest yeah so i just recently watched police story 2 and that i also that also has a gigantic explosion in it so it seemed like Jackie was trying to one up himself every movie with bigger and bigger explosions. But yeah, man, some of these it's sometimes, insane. yeah, these things look very unsafe. <laughs> yeah, it's it's absolutely insane, man. Yeah. Like the amount of fire. Oh yeah, is unbelievable. Oh yeah, it's it's bananas, man. <laughs> it totally is. I mean, it's like it, it's nuts. Anyone who was anywhere near that was going to die yeah i mean like i would i'd be like two miles away otherwise you know you'd at least lose an eyebrow or you know send your nose hair or something Jeez, yeah, yeah. crazy that no. every time i see a hong kong film i'm reminded of that and and you know americans we used to do that too we used to be quite over the top with our stunts and we've talked about a few of those things right like remember that van jump and that one uh that one uh steve Railsback movie we watched oh my god that was a pm entertainment one like LA, yeah you know uh I know the one you mean. It might be Rosebeck's most energetic performance. Yeah, and it, it's got the van jump that's unreal because it's just like, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. And there was this time when uh, American films would do that with stuntmen. They would just do these absolutely insane things, and I think it just got more and more dangerous. Of course, nowadays, nobody really does that kind of stuff anymore. There's still some of it, but sure. yeah, it's just too dangerous, you know. 
but even even in Hong Kong, they don't. I mean, they still do a lot of kicking and hitting, and and all that stuff's kind of real for impact and for the camera. But obviously, Jackie Chan's too old to do a lot of the stuff he used to do. And uh, I know he tries to do some of those things, but I, he, I don't think he does nearly the stuff he used to do. I think he got hurt on this one too, if I remember. I I, I do remember hearing that. Yeah, <clears throat> I think he uh, broke a leg, or maybe or something, or claimed he broke his leg. Got crushed in like when the vehicle pinned it. Wow. And I just punched my hand for dramatic and audio effect. There you go. Uh, That's pretty awesome, though. Yeah, <laughs> it worked. But, I heard the smack. Man, I can't imagine how that felt. But uh, I, I just think, you know, I don't want to spend too much time and give you a chance here. But Jackie gets a little bit knocked for this one. And in this, I like that he stretches his legs a little bit. And he's almost like a a virtuous kind of Van Damme cop in this where he gets the shit kicked out of him. He never gives up, keeps persevering and, you know, he keeps going and it's, he's not this, his usual fun improvisational self. It's, it's desperate, but it still gives you enough action and set piece stuff to satisfy the Jackie fans while also being a, a good kind of cop film, a cat and mouse kind of cop film. And, it's uh, it's too bad though that Jackie did cut out some of the darker elements that Wong wanted because I think as much as he was very conscientious about what was being put out there, I think he would have had a more interesting B side with his legacy, having something that plumbed the depths a little more. Like if you've seen The Foreigner, you know that's a bit of a darker film. Mm. Um, I haven't seen that yet. That's the Pierce um, Brosnan. It's it's a good one. Yeah, yeah, I've heard I've heard people say it's good. Yeah good man um but yeah those those are my notes yeah i mean i i i was interested to see this because again i haven't seen very much serious jackie chan recently i watched some old school jackie chan that i had never seen and that's also an interesting experience right because you know that this at that point they're trying to carve him into something that he was never going to be really yeah um i mean they tried and he tried because you know he saw an avenue and uh he had to do it because that's just what they want to do they wanted to make him the next bruce lee and and uh, it didn't quite work out and uh luckily he ended up doing some some different things and was able to eventually kind of get his own shot and become the the jackie chan we know which is to me i mean he's probably in the top 10 of cinematic giants i mean not just in being on screen and stuff, but just what he's brought to film compared to, you know, a lot of people. I mean, there's there's some great ones, but when I think of Hong Kong action, Jackie Chan's the first one that comes to mind, and it's because he puts himself in there, and because of the 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 gags, as they would have called them, as Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin them would have called them, they would have called them gags, right? They're the you know he would design these shots uh to make you kind of to make you kind of take your breath and everything else and by doing that he would also show pain and he would also show fear which was something that a lot of action stars didn't do and so that would make him more relatable for for audiences and uh it was new it was a new thing at the time and it took a few minutes for it to catch on but once it caught on it caught on like wildfire and he became the jackie chan we know but I always every film, even even this film, the serious films. I mean, even when he's as serious as can be, you see little moments of Jackie shine through. Uh, you know, burning his hands or hurting his foot or you know hitting his head. 
Uh, and you see moments where he's rubbing those spots or doing something like that because that's that's his style and that's what he does. Uh, there's some pretty amazing. There's a lot of fire stuff in this film, actually, a lot more fire stuff than I anticipated seeing. I, I mean, I knew there'd be some fire stuff because they eventually set that up. But wow, like you said, that was one massive explosion. <laughs> it's it's incredible. Yeah, I remember when we did the Wraith. That thing had a huge explosion in it too, and I remember thinking, Jesus, you know, I mean, there was a time when people would. Of course, you you had no CGI, so you you know you had to if you wanted a big explosion, you really had to you had to go for it. Oh yeah, get the gas bombs out. You know, whatever it took. I guess you can hear me scratching my chin in the mic here. Wow, that's that mic really picked that up. Sorry about that, folks. Hope you're listening, Dolby Surround Sound. Um, but I I went into this one a little trepidatious in a way because I was like, I don't know if I really want to see a serious Jackie Chan film. I don't know if I really want to see that. But I gotta say, I enjoyed this movie. It's a little. It's a little slow at times. It does a little bit of the thing that I think a lot of his cop films do where he, he gets kind of caught up in procedure. And, uh, you know, it's fine. But I get a little bored with it when they keep going back to it sometimes. And it's just because it's usually the same stuff. It's usually bug phones or some type of control board <laughs> or walkie-talkie stuff. Although I will say this. Jackie's not going to give up his ID number no matter what. Mm-mm. the lady he keeps calling in and he keeps saying he needs backup and she asked for an id number and he just will not give it up <laughs> and i'm like jesus man just give up the number how hard is it to give up that number <laughs> you know we should say i mean that that scene of him going down the big hill it looks like it's not that big a deal because we've seen some jackie do so many crazy things but that is a pretty insane car stunt it's wild i mean it's really insane yeah and when he hits the bottom I mean, he hits the bottom. <laughs> oh, dude, it's yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, Jackie makes the extraordinary ordinary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously, you know, yeah, I think of police story and I think about the shanty town and that amazing set piece. And and I think about all these things he's done over the years. So sometimes you'll run into a film of his and you'll see stuff and you'll be like, well, it's not as cool as what he did in Project A or it's not as cool as what he did in Super Cop or, you know, Mr. Nice Guy or whatever. Right. And you're always going to have that. You're always going to have favorite moments. Like my son, you know, he's watched a handful of Jackie Chan films down. He still loves Rumble in the Bronx the most, the first one he saw. That's the thing. The first with the magic, the, the dust gets sprinkled, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he still likes that one the most. I always thought that one was kind of uneven. I, I, I do love it. I do love Rumble in the Bronx, but I've always thought it's kind of uneven and maybe one of the most annoying gangs ever put to cinema history. <laughs> but I, Oh, terrible gang. It's, it's a pretty rough one, yeah. Uh, like it makes me embarrassed to be an American. I was like, is that, is that how they see us? <laughs> it's bad. It's, it's bad. But I understand when you see something like that, you, you, the impact is there. Right. And, and you've never seen anybody do something like this. It's kind of like the first time I saw Buster Keaton, the first time I saw Buster Keaton, I was like, well, how's he doing that? Because there was no computers back then. There was no quote-unquote special effects so how's he doing that and then to come find out he's just doing it it's kind of like wow that's kind of crazy why would you do that (laughs) because he couldn't he couldn't figure out any other way to do it right that's right it's just his his courage his commitment to what he did i've often said to my kids there will never be another jackie chan he is the greatest to me no he's the greatest to ever do it in terms of action he is the king and i love arnie Mm mm-hmm but 
Yeah, I mean, I, I love so many of them. I love Donnie Yen. I love Jet Li. I love all these guys. But Jackie's on a whole other level. He really is. He really is on a whole other level. I mean, we were just talking about Don Lee, right? I mean, Don Lee didn't get popular until his late 40s, and yeah. he has more of a brawler style, which seems to be kind of popular with Korean audiences right now, and it's kind of translated well into American audiences. So, you know, I but he's not Jackie Chan, and he never will be. Uh, I would have said there would probably never be another Buster Keaton, but then there was another Jackie Chan. I don't know if there'll ever be another Jackie Chan or Buster Keaton. I don't know if there ever will be. I think we live in a much too litigious and kind of scary world, risk assessment and risk uh, avoidance. Mm -hmm. I think there's some actors who try. Obviously, uh, Tom Cruise does a little bit of his own stuff. Obviously, it's probably a little bit more safer than what Jackie does. But, you know, he he does put himself out there sometimes. So, uh, you know, he's trying to do things like that. I'm sure that he's cut off at some point as much as possible because they're like, dude, your your money. So will you stop doing this, please? (laughs) I bet he does. He has the power to push back to a degree. To a degree, he must because there's no other reason for him to do the stuff he's doing. And I'm not a fan, as you know. I'm not a huge fan, but I kudos to him, man. He's stuck to clackers. Yeah, you know, (laughs) yeah for for where he's at and what we know he could get away with, which is essentially just showing up and stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, or just do these missions. He could do the Mission Impossible movies and never do any of the action scenes. He could just be the leader of the group and put other people in there and they would probably still make money. Yep. But he kind of throws himself out there. So I, I have to admire that a little bit. And I just think, you know, Jackie changed cinema and Hong Kong cinema itself changed cinema in that way. Cause there's this whole generation of us that grew up with these action films where people are actually really making contact or people are doing what can essentially be called a dance on screen and how that transpired into American films and vice versa and how those two things kind of fed off of each other. And thankfully they did. Thankfully they did do that because you got so many great, you got Johnny Toe films because of that. You got, um, for lack of, I'm trying to think of American directors, but I wouldn't say James Cameron was influenced so much by Hong Kong cinema, but you certainly got Robert Rodriguez. You arguably got Michael Bay. Uh, you know, I feel like Michael Mann was Michael Mann probably. Yeah. I mean, but then again, maybe that's a bit of a Venn diagram where they could have been influenced by him, too, with some of his early stuff, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you figure Thief at the time, the style, and then you get into the Hong Kong stuff a few years after that. John Woo's stuff had influenced a whole generation of of independent American filmmakers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's John Woo. If I immediately when I say her John Woo's name, I immediately think of Robert Rodriguez because they're similar in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, you know, Quentin Tarantino, who's a huge fan of this type of cinema, and then that carried over, and then he did a big homage with Kill Bill. And, and you know, so you, you get these moments like this. But anyway, going back, I'm going way around it, but I just want to say that, you know, going into this film, seeing a very serious Jackie with guns and everything else, it really is off-putting at first. Very strange, very odd experience. But I think the story here is good enough. It's just a good cop versus dirty cop story with a little bit of uh, conspiracy in the background. But they managed to make it work. I think the movie is a little overlong. Uh, yes. No doubt about it. There, it there certainly hangs out a little longer than it needs to. But I think all the stunt sequences are really good. The action's good. And, and the acting, for the most part, is good. I mean, I... Jackie's fine in the movie, but he's just another derivative of the Jackie Chan character in some ways. It's just yeah. not as happy-go-lucky, uh, maybe, as or as maybe up-and-coming. Yeah. Kind of. 
But Kit Chang is so good in this as this kind of bad, overweight cop. Oh, yeah, who's just you, – you get the sense he's just so, like, anxiety looking over his shoulder all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they managed to always put, like, a, do- a dollop of sweat on his cheek mm-hmm. or somewhere because, you know, he's, like, totally up against it. So they make the they make the suspense work and they make the story work for the most part. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I really honestly did not think I was going to enjoy it. I mean, I, I hate to say that, but – Really? I, I I I just thought, you know, for me, Jackie Chan being serious is just I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh it just it didn't seem like it was gonna compute, but now I wanna see some more of his serious work. And now I'm more interested I, I was interested to see the foreigner anyway, but now I'm more interested to see the foreigner than I was before. Well, Pierce is a guy who I didn't care for as Bond. But I have to say, seeing him in, in a lot of other stuff, he's great, man. He, yeah. he, I think he really should have been a bigger star because he can do everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I think that, you know, sometimes our stars, our movie stars, I mean, the Bond role is a huge break. But it's, it's a also, gift and a curse. Yeah, but it is. It's, it's a gift and a curse. And um, it's a huge break. Some actors will be able to transpire that. Connery did. Uh, mm-hmm. Bronze is still working on that, but I think he's, for the most part, I think most of his post-Bond stuff is really good compared to what he was doing before. I have seen some pretty bad stuff, too, though, so he's not he's not Teflon because he, he does... I'd, I'd have to talk to his agent. I've seen some stuff with some really bad wigs lately. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, these guys, you know... Jackie, like, he even trans, transcends Bond in a lot of ways. So, he does. So it's like he can't do anything but Jackie Chan movies. Like it's it's the, it's a weird movie star thing because he is so overpowering to cinema that really you're going to a Jackie Chan movie not to see Inspector Eddie Chan. You're going to a Jackie Chan movie to see Inspector Jackie Chan, right? Right. And that's kind of amazing. And that's what that's why he reminds me so much of the silent stars of the past. And some Physicality, of the, right? Yeah. And some of the biggest stars we've ever had because he just I mean, he owns the screen when he's on it. I mean, he really does. Oh, yeah, yeah, I really did. I really did enjoy this film. I I was surprised I enjoyed it as much. I just thought I, you know, I I like the goofy comedy. I like you know the Project A films, and I like uh, you know First Strike and Rumble in the Bronx. I like the silliness mixed in with the seriousness, right? But no, this was this was good. This was really good. I was really not. Maybe I shouldn't say I was surprised, but I was certainly happily. Uh, surprised in some way, enjoyed it. This it came out of nowhere for me in some ways. I I wondered where this would land for me, and I think early on I was like, mm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but as it got going, I kind of settled into it. Uh, I saw what it was trying to do and what it was uh, making a conscious decision to not be, and I, yeah, I, I, it was good. Yeah, once I realized that it was a cop drama and not a. Uh, a Jackie Chan cop film. Yeah. It it really kind of started started to sink in. And the story's solid. I mean, it's not a wholly original story, but it is a good story. And you're ready for Jackie to kind of uh solve the case. And not only that, but I you know, I don't want to give anything away to the back end of the film and stuff, but there's an interesting dynamic to the Kent Chang character as well. So uh that's all I'll say about that. But nice. Yeah, man. Uh let's get into make or breaks MVTs. Make a break. I got to go with the finale. It's so 
wild. And yeah, it is. <laughs> of course, they give, you know, they give everything, they throw everything at Jackie, and then they throw a kid who's stuck in the building that's going to just blow up like nothing you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. They, just, they stack the deck against them. And Jackie's a superhero. Jackie Chan is as close to a superhero without superpowers as we have in cinema. Mm-hmm. And you believe him and you believe in him. And. <laughs> Yeah, just wild. There's, there's guns and just the settings incredible and the demolitions are incredible. Just wowee. It's 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 wild. It's uh, it's good stuff. MVT as much as I'm going, Jackie, 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 Jackie. It's Kirk Wong because oh, nice. you know, Sammy logic. I don't know when we're ever going to get to. <laughs> yeah, that's good logic. Give it to Kirk again, and I'll say this: Kirk wanted to go a lot darker. Jackie resisted. I think because, you know, the logic would be, well, if Jackie was new, it would be kind of over long and this and that. If you let Kirk do what Kirk wanted to do and make it darker, you put maybe like a Simon Yam or someone else. You could have a real like a classic on your hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Uh, I got to give it to Kirk, man. And my score for this one is a seven point five. Nice. Right, man, quality stuff from uh, the Chan and Wong duo. Yeah. 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 I like where your head's at because my head's in a lot of the same spots. I mean, mine's the finale too. This Jackie Chan movie, sometimes the finale can fall flat because he's some of his best sequences are sometimes in the middle, but yeah. uh, this one really does amp it up and get to the finale and you're like, wow, that was, that was a way to end. Now we should say it's a finale. There's actually one last ending scene, which I think is to me is almost kind of pointless, but I guess, you know, they were getting that serious kind of stuff across toward the end of the film, so I guess they felt like they had to add that one more scene at the end. But to me, they could have ended on that explosion, and that would have been fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll go with that as well, although I do like the boat scene a lot as well. So they're, they're, yeah. they're two great scenes in the film. Um, I'm going to go with Wong as well, man. I'm going to use your logic because I think you're right. I don't know if we'd ever be able to give it to Kirk Wong again. It's true. Jackie's, I mean... If we Jackie, if we yeah. covered every Jackie film, he'd probably win MVT. You know, <laughs> we we would have to be contrarian to not give it to him most of the time. Yeah, it would be tough. It'd be really tough. I, mean, I have to give uh, Kirk Wong the Winky Wong Award here on this one. So, Winky Wong, <laughs> Kirk Wong. Nice. Winky Wong. <laughs> I think it's his pin name, maybe. Kirk yeah. Winky Wong. Um, I don't know. Uh, my score is a little bit higher than yours, but we're all within that. Point five. I'll go eight. I'll go eight out of ten. Nice. I liked it a lot. Um, it's one I'm going to own. I, I don't own it now, um, but I, I will find a way to own it, no doubt. Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> it's one that with the proper audio to Cantonese audio track, I'd be, I'd want to own. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, man, that was uh, that was good stuff there. Uh, okay, so that's the big show. Uh, this week we're gonna sign off here, but uh, what are we doing next week? Uh, I think it's your choice. Yeah, my choice, one that we has been back on our new roadmap for some time. Uh, I felt like I wanted to get something a little different than we usually cover. Filmmaker we've had on the show before, uh, Nagisa Oshima's 1969 Heartbreaker Boy. So mm. we need a good cry on the show. So uh, that's where it's at. That's where it's at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it. I, I watched this recently. It's heavy, heavy stuff, man. Heavy stuff. Very different from our other Oshima film we've done. I did find one film that we could maybe give it to Kirk. Kirk Wong will be on the show again. There is one film I do want to cover by him. Nice. I, I, won't, I don't want to give it away because, you know, I don't want somebody else to cover it. So. <laughs> 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it close to the vest. All right, so boy, that'll be fun. That'll be well. That'll be. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting either way. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, as always, you guys can leave us voicemail over at the uh, Anchor FM website. We're easy to find over there. Um, you can send us voicemails as well, Jeremy. I haven't forgot about you. Uh, we like to keep the voicemails, please, under a minute. Uh, it just saves us time. We're trying to keep the show tight for the time being, uh, so we can do it the way we've been doing it. It makes it a lot easier for us. I mean, obviously, we'd love to do four-hour marathons. We could do that every week if we had the time, right? Yep. But uh, unfortunately, we don't have the time. So we're trying to keep it tight as much as possible. So Keep it under a minute to win it. Yeah. Just please, as much as you can. Um, I guess that's all I got. I guess I will say the famous last word of adios. Adios. Thanks for listening. You can find the gentleman at ggtmc.com and you can email the gentleman at midnightcinema at gmail.com